Welcome to That Hockey Show, part of the Go Hockey Media Radio Network. It's time to hit the ice for some puck talk, no matter how many teeth you have left, with some of the sharpest line mates covering the game. We're going coast to coast and through the neutral zone to light the lamp with all the latest hockey chirping you can handle. So, you better keep your head up, because the team at THS always finishes their checks. It's showtime. Let's drop the puck, and if we have to, drop the gloves on That Hockey Show, where the game is always on. Yes, the game is always on right here at THS. Welcome to That Hockey Show, ladies and gentlemen. Thursday, April 1st. Yes, April Fool's Day, everybody. Hope your day goes very well, and thank you so much for joining us here. Week 11, the weekly NHL recap. Headlines, storylines, and anything that's out of line right here with yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, holding down the THS studios here on Long Island, New York. And as always, I'll be joined with my THS line mates, Joe Yurton. Going to talk some Sabres. Hey, they won a game. Woohoo! And we'll also run through the Eastern Division. Costa Papoulias will join us from the Great White North up in Canada. We'll talk some Montreal Canadiens and the North Division, as we always do. Tab Bamford will join me from the great city of Chicago. And we'll talk some Blackhawks getting a little tight there with the Predators creeping up. Uh, unreal there in the Central Division as well. We'll talk uh, about what's happening there. And then we'll round things out as we always do out West with our good friend Mr. Steve Palumbo. And we'll talk some West Coast hockey, the Western Division. Crazy going on. Crazy going on's out there. Let's say, let's put it that way. Maybe that's how they say it out in Cali. Crazy going on's out there. Uh, with that division, and then we'll uh, we'll check in with uh, Steve on his New Jersey Devils. So once again, here we are, Week Eleven, Thursday, April first. Uh, nine games tonight. Uh, we'll run through that in a little bit. And as far as last night's scores, we always do this here. We had five games. The Leafs uh, beat the Jets three to one. And as I mentioned, uh, it's incredible. It's not an April Fool's joke. The Sabers did beat the Flyers six to one at home last night. Good for them. They break the eighteen game. Losing skid. Good stuff there in Buffalo. Uh, and they have the Rangers tonight who are playing uh, pretty good uh, with a good win the other night against the Caps. So that should be a fun one tonight in New York. Uh, the Avalanche put up in the nine spot versus the Coyotes last night, uh, winning 9-3. Kings beat the Knights in Vegas 4-2. to two, And the Sharks beat the Wild 4-2. So there you go. The uh, the Kings and the Sharks beating up on the on the Knights and the Wild at the top of the division. Uh, some of the guys there scrounging at the bottom, picking up some big points for them uh, to help their cause out. Tonight, uh, nine games, like I said before, Pens versus the Bruins. The, the big four in the uh, East Division are going at it tonight. Pens versus the Bruins. The Caps are on Long Island to play the Islanders. The Rangers, like I said, will be playing the Sabres this evening. Uh, CBJ, Columbus takes on the Bolts tonight. They're looking to catch up to uh, the Hawks there and the Preds, the Wings, and the Panthers uh, play this evening in Florida. The Habs are back at it tonight against the Sens, who always give them a little bit of trouble. So they're coming off their 4 nothing win over the Oilers the other night after not playing for 10, 10 days, I believe it was, with the uh, COVID protocol. So uh, Habs got to need to keep things rolling, stay in that fourth spot there in the uh, North Division. Canes and the Hawks tonight. Huge game for the Hawks, obviously, with the Stars and the Preds playing tonight as well, too. I guess pretty much every game here between uh, the Hawks and the Preds now, um, you know, as far as those guys going back and forth for that last fourth spot uh, all the way. So uh, the Hawks didn't want that, but credit to the Preds for creeping back in and getting their, getting themselves a playoff spot here so far right now with, uh, I don't know, what are we at here? Uh, 
35 games for most teams, so just under 20 games there. Less than 20 games to go here in this 56-game uh, compact schedule. Rounding out the schedule tonight is the Wild in Vegas. Obviously, two of the big ones there in the uh, West Division going at it tonight. Always a good stuff. So, as far as the standings are concerned, the top 16 right now, Bolts of 50 points in first, Avs in second with 50, Caps in third with 50, Florida in fourth with 50, Vegas in fifth with 49, Canes with 49 and six, the Leafs, uh, with 49 and seventh, the Isles there in eighth at 48 points, Pens with 48 points in ninth, the Jets with 46 points in 10, uh, Oilers in 11th at 45 points, uh, Minnesota with 44 points in 12th, Boston with 41 points in 13th, the Habs holding on to the 14th spot with 39, and like I was saying, Nashville and the Hawks, uh, 15th and 16th spot, both equally with 39 points there. Uh, to round out um, the league standings right now, the top 16 if the playoffs were to start today. Who's hot? Uh, McDavid, 63 points, still rolling. Uh, gave an elbow out the other night against the Canadians, um, and I uh, got a $5,000 fine. I, I think with his contract, uh, he'll be okay with that as far as the uh, the elbow to uh, Kotkanemi on the uh, Habs on Tuesday night. Matthews uh, scored in three straight games here. He is still holding on to the goal lead with 24 goals here through uh, – uh, the schedule so far, McDavid leading with 42 assists. Uh, Pavelski still has the power play goal lead with 11. Uh, Cam Atkinson in Columbus here has the lead with shorthanded goals with four. Uh, Grubauer, man, just playing lights out there with Colorado. He's got 22 wins now leading the league, and he's also taking the lead in shutouts uh, with five. Um, as far as teams, I usually don't do teams, but just at this point right now, the Bruins are leading the league uh, in terms of uh, penalty kill uh, percentage with uh, 89.5 there, and the Canes are leading uh, the power play percentage there with 29.9%. Uh, all you know, big important stuff here with these huge games. Special teams going to be huge now uh, as we uh, are basically, we've been in the playoff rush all season long with this schedule, but man, it's really tightening up. Uh, other than that, as far as news uh, around the rest of the league, uh, Thatcher Demko got a five-year contract uh, with the Canucks, so they rewarded him for his play or good play or not play with the Canucks. It all depends on how you look at their season. But there you go. There's a quick recap of uh, just some general news and games on the schedule tonight for this Week 11 edition of That Hockey Show. But as always, that's enough of me. It's time to bring all my linemates and as always, in the face-off circle, we go up to the great city of Buffalo in the great state of New York. Mr. Joe Yadden, let's talk some, some Sabres with a winning streak. Is it true? Joe, what's up? <laughs> Happy opening Bally. day in baseball, buddy. Let's talk some hockey. It's uh, it's right. We got we got the Sabres are hot. We got points in two straight now. <laughs> we got to win. We got to win for the first time in over a month. Happy news, buddy. Look at this. <laughs> April first. When did the season start? Uh, only a couple in weeks. January ago, right? something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so. Maybe. I don't know. It all runs together now, you know. So I, I got to ask you, man is is there was there a parade today or Wednesday? I mean, <laughs> were, you, were you at least uh, out out front walking down the street with a Sabres flag or what? <laughs> I th- I think I just heard a, a a collective sigh of relief from the entire city. I think we, there was a big gust of breeze about ten o'clock last night. Everybody's oh thank goodness. At least it's over. People got mad at me on Twitter last night because I said, well, they went from being interesting bad to normal bad. And people were just like, give them a break for a day. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I saw that, man. Like, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, I, I get it. But, but but now people don't care about them. Now they're just like, oh, it's just another bad team. But I mean, oh, you know what? 
no, no I don't know. Attention. You're is talking that, to that... a guy who's a Lions fan that was like, the year they went 0 16, they got to 0 13. I was like, no, be the worst. Don't be 1 15 and be like everybody else. Be the worst. Wait a second. You're telling me you're a Detroit Lions fan? Yeah, buddy. I know misery. Oh I know misery. Lord. I stare it in the face every year. <laughs> I give I give Mets and Orioles fans and Islanders fans the business all the time, but the Detroit Lions? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why people are like you don't know what pain is. Yeah, <laughs> every Yo, fall, pal. Every fall. Now I'm, I gotta I gotta shoot up to Buffalo and give you a hug, man. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, we'll have some beers. No, yeah, exactly. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. A lot of all right, look, I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> run through the whole where they're at like I usually do. Games played. We all know that yeah. stuff. I guess the big thing right now is just have some fun. I mean, not only they could have won two against the Flyers, and I, I got to think AV is is his seat's probably getting a little hot right now. But six one, six goals. They look. Did they look really good, or just are the Flyers about to freaking nosedive, man? But talk about the game, the players. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I know you're joking around. We don't make too much of it, but I mean, just just. Take us into that 6-1 win and, and coming off the, the two games. Is, is there any major adjustments to the Sabres uh, playing system by the interim coaching staff making a huge difference here for the Sabres? Well, I mean, you, you kid around about that, but there actually there kind of is because he's just letting them play, which uh-huh. which was my suggestion. Yes, you said that. The, the yes. first thing. I said, just let him play, man. Just forget your systems and just let him go. And he's doing this a little tinker and there's a little bit of here, you know, a little bit here and there. Like he's got Darlene and Yoki Haru together who are both kind of in the young guy doghouse for a bit. And and now he's just kind of letting them fly. And wow, look at that. They're, they're playing really well. Uh, I mean, they're not getting the top matchups. So, I mean, there, there's that, but, but they're playing well. Like they're, they're driving offense. They're playing well off each other. I mean, the, one of the goals they scored in the game where they, where they blew the three nothing lead to Philly uh, was was the Flyers pulling a full Sabres and having all five five of their players off to the one side of the ice trying to get the puck back and then Yoki Haru was like hello wide open here and they hit him for you know for an easy slam dunk goal so uh, so I mean they're playing well like like those guys are playing well like there's little parts here and there of the guys that are playing well and they're they're doing better because Granados just say listen forget all the forget all the nonsense just go play like yeah. Which is good to see. I'm glad to see that. You know, I mean, you know, Reinhardt's been great all year. I mean, great comparatively for what the Sabres are doing. Like, that's, that's fine. But I think in, just in general, he's been very good. Uh, but you're seeing guys play better. You're seeing Middlestat play play well, which is a huge relief uh, as far as the Sabres are concerned because you didn't know what was going to come of his career after the last couple of years. Uh, so you like seeing him play better. You know, Skinner's still kind of doing his thing, and 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 you know he's he's getting his opportunities. So that's good to see. And you know he's putting a lot of trust in those guys, and that's good to see. Now, of course, them winning last night in the fashion that they did. Now, mind you, this is the second time they beat them Philly twice this year, both times six to one. Wow, <laughs> which is which is goofy. <laughs> um, but but now that they got a win last night and everybody you know seems to really like Don Granado and he's one of the nicest people in hockey. He's a great guy. I absolutely love Don. But now people are like, hey, maybe they should keep him as the head coach. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's pump the brakes here. Let's not go doing that. They did this once before with Rod Ralston years ago, and then that turned out to be really bad because they fired yeah. him, you know, a month into the next season. Um, so let's relax with that stuff. But he's having to do so much recovery for for all the I don't know if damage is the right word, but for everything that Kruger did, he's doing all he's spending all this time to undo it with a team that's 
that's still pretty banged up. I mean, Lazar is going to be out week to week now, so that's another center they're down. Uh, so you know, you're you're without Jack, you're without Lazar, you're without you know, you're without a, with a bunch of these guys down the middle. I mean, Sam Reinhart had to play center last night for the first time in in years. So you know, that's it's not exactly it's not a situation anybody wants. But you know what? Philly's looking like the Sabres did a few weeks ago, and that's not great for Philly. Because if I'm AV, AV's got what four years left on his contract, three years left on his contract, yeah. five million a year. Good lord, man! Like, yeah. and Philly looks—they look done. They look fed up with all of this. And look at over some of their numbers. Oh my goodness! So much of it looks like what Buffalo was doing uh, before, and like that to me is is bonkers. Because yeah. how can you? <laughs> how can you hang on with this that long, especially because Philly's not out of the playoff race. They're right in it. And if this continues like this, Philly's going to be out of it fast. Like the Rangers are going to leapfrog them. And you're, we're going to be talking about, boy, Philly's going to be w- wishing they play Buffalo and New Jersey more so they could get points because they're going to get run over by everybody playing the way they are. Yeah. No, nah, it's uh that is a storyline to watch, no doubt, in terms of Philly. I got no sympathy for the Filthy Flyers as a Ranger fan, so I'm, I don't care. Um, but sticking with the Sabres here, a couple of uh, other bright spots. Uh, obviously, Olmark coming back, looking good. Um, and, um, you know, I you know I watched Brandon Montour's uh, postgame. Uh, um, uh, what do you call those when they're in the rink with the headphones on? Uh, postgame remarks with uh, NHL Network. <laughs> Let's just say that. Oh, um, yeah, you know, the, the, the arena cam. Yeah, yeah the arena yeah. cam, yes. Um, <laughs> um, but, he, um, you know, the, he, sound, he talks about the, the vibes in the room are pretty positive, you know. Um, you know, he's he's playing pretty well, too. I mean, you got a lot of young guys. We talked about this, too, with the losing culture and it affecting young guys. Obviously, uh, Eric Stahl gets traded, and everybody's talking about maybe they're going to lose a few other guys. And I don't know if Montour is a guy that should be put in trade talks as well, too. But, you know, maybe in terms of um, – and not making too much of a big thing here with the, you know, the win here and the points against Philadelphia mm-hmm. – but if you're looking at this in a positive way in terms of the talent that you have on the team, and if you can just brace this, and we talked about this too, there's less than 20 games left, the season's done, play these guys out, have them try to finish in a, in a, in a good positive uh, way uh, to, to build next year uh, You know, in terms of your prospects and any off-season trades, free agency, and everything else, and get the coaching situation done. So with that said, Joe, what, what do you, where do you think right now you know, where, where they should kind of keep going. Cause you had mentioned this, that they should probably just, you know, play this out. Like it's, it's training camp. Yeah. Yeah. No, just like nice, easy breezy because I mean, playoffs are playoffs ain't happening like that. That's a foregone conclusion. You know, I know that like mathematic, you know, they, you know, they're, they're 1000. They have 1000. Point. There's always hope. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if they go undefeated and, you oh know, weird God. things happen and, you know, if Philly goes, goes winless the rest of the year. Eh, no, it's not. happening. No, it's not, it's not happening. Especially but, I think nine games left with the uh, Bruins, right? Or something like that. Yeah, I think they, yeah, it's like seven, six, seven games left with Boston. They oh, still got a ton Lord. left with Pittsburgh and they're, like Pittsburgh's play. Well, like, at least Boston's not playing great now, but like, Boston always figures out Buffalo. So, I mean, I'm not, not exactly going to get excited about that. But, I mean, you know, I mean, Montour's become a guy to kind of lean on to talk to. I mean, especially, you know, they blow the game the other night 
against Philly, and Montour was just like, this is embarrassing. Like, this is a complete embarrassment. You know, you blow a 3 nothing lead in the third period and lose an OT, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's an embarrassment. And then he comes back the next game. He gets the empty netter that made it 5 that made it 5-1 and then he scores 20 seconds later with another shorthanded goal I think he I think he set the record for fastest two shorthanded goals by a defenseman in league history I mean it's a very deep sort of nonsense record but like it's still a record (laughs) so I mean you know good for him but I mean you know I I think for you know for guys like him in in Hall and you know maybe a couple other guys like they're probably not going to be here that much longer you got to think by April 12th, they're going to be gone, uh, going somewhere else. Anyways, there's enough teams that need help. I mean, Montour is a right-handed defenseman. Everybody needs a right-handed defenseman, and he's pretty good. And, yeah. you know, as long as he's not in a bad system like he had been here in Buffalo for a year and a half, mm-hmm. um, he can he can do fine. So, you know, w- with things like that, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're looking to improve trade, you know, trade returns on some of these guys, letting them play free and letting them play just without the burden of uh you know the you know the expectations of everything like it's all like that's you can put that aside now you know the losing streak okay it's done good like that's out of your mind you know the playoffs the playoff drought thing whatever it's over and done with forget about it just play loose play loose try to have fun with it try to enjoy it and I think, you know, Granado is is the guy to kind of keep everything calm because he's in the same boat. He might be he might be an assistant with the new coach that comes in. He yeah. might be looking for another job next year. Who knows? But like it's it's got that kind of major league feel to it. Bring it back to baseball. It's got it's got like that major league feel where, you know, the you know, the owners like taking away, you know, taking away the plane, they're riding a bus that's, you know, from the nineteen forties. They're doing, you know, doing all this stuff. Instead it's just these guys don't have anything to worry about. Like they're, they're getting paid. They're playing hockey. Just stay healthy and just, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it for what it is and just kind of, you know, develop some chemistry that way and, and just try to try to go with it because now, now it's, there's, there's no reason to stress. Like there, I mean, aside from your own performances, which I mean, that's enough reason to stress anyways, but they got nothing to worry about here. Like the, you know, Everything is just kind of calm now. Like if this losing streak kept going, then yeah, it gets stressful because like just win one, please God, get you know just end it. But now they have so, and the rest of the schedule is an absolute meat grinder. So don't worry about it. Just just play loose, easy, and free, and let everybody else stress out around you. They take advantage of their mistakes. Absolutely, and and maybe promise the fans that the last home game this year they reenact that scene in slap shot with the brawl, and Eichel goes around and he slowly starts undressing. <laughs> To us, uh, dramatic music. <laughs> I think there'd be a nice cap. Well, see if that's just so long still as, here. <laughs> just so long as nobody plays "Lady of Spain," then I think that, I think everything will be okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we wish them luck, Rangers tonight, and uh, I don't want them to win tonight. The Rangers, uh, you know, they play. You know, let's let's start with the Rangers here. As we Wait move a minute, you to... don't want the Rangers to win. Come on. What? No, you I don't said, want the I want the Rangers to win. I oh, you don't I was, want the, I don't want the oh. Sabres to win tonight. So I'm, I'm oh, ruining okay, I'm ruining okay. the good news in Buffalo to now say <laughs> I don't want them to win tonight against my Rangers. So let's start here I in thought, the Eastern I Division. I thought you were here. throwing the Rangers in the tank there, and I was like, whoa, no. whoa, this is developing news. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, the New York Rangers, uh, they're having a weird season too. You never know which team is going to show up. Um, they've got the talent. Uh, you know, Quinn comes back. He gets behind the bench. Uh, uh, and then they lose, and then obviously the fans start flipping out, the anti-quinners. Uh, yeah. But they uh, they played a really good, strong game against the Caps there to, to play it back. And, you know, we've talked about this, Joe, too. I mean, I watch the games here, checking in on the highlights, and you see how 
you know, teams aren't all of a sudden now taking off on a run here. It's it's mm. win two, lose one, two, you know, and I, we talked about exhaustion and the yeah. schedule. And, you know, you could maybe, you know, I talked about the Flyers a couple of weeks ago when they got blown out by the Rangers. I said, maybe that's not that the Rangers are that good. Maybe the Flyers are just burnt out, you know, and I think this is something we all need to kind of watch here with the remaining games in terms of, uh, you know, who, who gets the last spot. I mean, look at the... The Predators come catching up on the Hawks there. I mean, the the the, the, yeah. the fourth and fifth positions now in the divisions are are tight all across the, all the divisions. But anyway, here in the East, um, the big four are playing each other tonight. Uh, Pittsburgh and Boston, and then the Isles and the Caps. And obviously the Rangers have a chance here um, to, you know, jump on maybe the Sabres tonight and get a new, another two points. Uh, and with Philly with, with 38 points, the Rangers could tie them tonight. And mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully, like I said, you know, the, you know, the Rangers now all they can do pretty much is watch the scoreboard and just win games. Yeah, and you know what? As long as Boston keeps losing, the Rangers are going to be kind of hanging around in that race. And it back when we talked when Panarin left when he went on his leave of absence, I said, you know, the, I, I thought at the time the Rangers weren't playing that badly. You know, there was some there was some injuries and and some some iffy stuff here and there, but I was like. You know what? Let's see where they're at when Panarin comes back. Because if Panarin comes back into that lineup and they're and they're they're kind of close and sniffing around, that's that's a big difference. And I mean, you know, the, I know the goaltending is a big thing. You know, with with Shesterkin and uh, and uh, Georgie, but like they've been okay. Like you know, nothing superior. I mean, you know, nobody's thinking back to Mike Richter watching these guys play. But mm-hmm. um, but they but they've been fine. Like it, you, you get through it. And Panarin gets back in, and suddenly this team can score again. You know, we saw Strom pop off last week. He had a, you know, he had a really nice week uh, scoring wise. And it's like, oh, who came back? It was Buddy Panarin did. And suddenly that team gets a lot deeper. You know, Kreider's playing great. You know, Meek is playing great. I mean, it helps to stack up the points against Philly. Like that's, I mean, that's that. that, Let's not let's not act like that didn't happen. But (laughs) but like. But that's the stuff that gets you on a good in a good mental place. Like you, you pop off for four, you know four, five, six points, like Mika did. Like yeah, okay, perfect. That's exactly what you need. Get get that confidence back. And you know if the Rangers can stack up two against the Sabers this week, then you know like you know, they probably should. Um, then you're talking about Leapfrog and Philly, who looks like who looks dead right now. And then you know if Pittsburgh can take care of business with Boston, then you're looking. Maybe the Rangers are a point out of the playoffs at that point, you know, and then you got to start thinking like, all right, can this actually happen? And then you're just hoping Boston stays cold and you can just keep tread water. If you win two, lose one the whole rest of the way. I mean, that's kind of like a baseball thing. Win every series. You know, if you win every series all year, you're you're sitting good. And if you can win two out of three the whole rest of the way, that'll do. That'll do just fine because that's going to put pressure on everybody else. And then you're also taking a pound of flesh out of everybody ahead of you, too. Because if you're doing that kind of work, you're going to be getting points away from those teams. So, you know, I, I don't I don't hate the position the Rangers. I mean, it could be better. I mean, they could have had a better start to the year, but that's that's over and done with. But now they're in a spot where they can get into this, uh, you know. But if you can jump Philly, get yourself at a spot where you, if you can get right behind Boston, make things difficult. Because it looks like right now that top three is looking closer to being square just with you know with the Isles and Phil and Pittsburgh being tied and Washington just two ahead of them I mean it's going to be hard for those teams to fall out of that at this point unless one of them goes ice cold which hey it can happen 
Mm-hmm. But you know one of those teams is going to – or at least one or two of them is going to make a big splash at the deadline. You know, uh, I know the Isles had people scouting out Taylor Hall uh, last night. They apparently had guys in Buffalo to watch to watch the Sabres, which, I mean, hey, you know, maybe they're doing pre-scouting ahead of, ahead of playing them again. But uh, at the same point, <laughs> the deadline's coming, yeah. and they need somebody to replace Anders Lee. So, yeah. you know, so, I mean, if Hall ends up going there – I mean that changes that that changes a lot with with as far as their makeup goes. But this is this is got to get really interesting. And I and I you know Philly cooled off. Boston hitting a cold streak here, and the Rangers kind of inching their way up. I like you know that that, that four spot is going to get really interesting. Yeah, I mean I'm just glancing here at the Rangers' schedule the rest of the way here. They've got four left with Buffalo, and then they've got another four spot. They play the Devils four in a row. Um. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, they got a couple with the Isles, a couple with the Penguins, and then, you know, wrapping up a couple things with the Caps and one game in there, I think, with Philly. And then the last two games of the season uh, with another Islanders game, but two against Boston and two against the Caps. So, I mean, basically, I'm sure the Rangers are looking at the schedule. If they go out and just try and win as many of these as they can, they might put themselves in a good position to, to, to get that fourth spot and let everybody else go in, uh, the other way, especially with the extra games there. With no disrespect to the Devils and the Sabres, but, you know, they look like points. And if the Rangers can stay healthy, um, you know, Shesty played good the last couple of games. Uh, George, you have Kincaid's done a nice job stopping him when he can. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you got guys like Foxy rolling back there and, you know, yeah. Miller's getting – all these guys are getting experience um, one way or the other. And, and I think if the Rangers do get in and if they are healthy and, you know, Stromer and, and Panarin and Mika and Buchnevich and, man, if they can sneak Kratzoff in there too, man, who knows? I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess the question would be the Rangers don't really need to make any moves here, Joe, right? They can just kind of roll this for the rest of the season. I don't season, think right? so. I, I, th- you, I mean, maybe add a depth defenseman. I mean, maybe maybe that's that's a place to go because I, I think the defense is a little bit – it's a little weak, but I mean, you know, you got, you got Truba and you got Fox and like those guys are, those guys are outstanding. Um, but I, I mean, you know, Lindgren's been good for, for being a, for being a hard ass. Keandre Miller's been great yeah. uh, for a rookie man. Oh man. He's been just, he's been dynamite as far as I'm concerned. Um, and you know what they got, you know what, they, they're, they're getting some good play from like the bottom six guys, the, the grinders, the, you know, Rooney and Blackwell and, uh, even even uh, Gautier when when he's gotten in there, I mean, you know, those are guys that you know you're cool with that. And then you know maybe hey, you know maybe you catch fire. You know, Kravtsov comes in, maybe he lights it up. Maybe Lafreniere, ever you know he he starts to find his uh, he starts to find his groove, and then he takes off. And then you're just like, okay, all right, we're going here. And now you know you got Hedl. Uh, Hedl just came back, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah he just came too. back. He was having a great season before he got hurt. I thought I thought he was evolving to be the, their number two, uh, their number two center. So I don't know. They, they got enough youth with this team that if they get in the playoffs, they could be a huge pain in the ass. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so because then for. you're looking at because like no matter what, you're going to have some kind of rivalry matchup in, in the playoffs. And I mean, Lord, imagine if you get Isles Rangers first round of the playoffs, every game will be a blood war. But then you got, you know, you got the, the, the muck and grinder aisles who, you know, just, you know, you're going to have fans in the arena at that point. So it's going to get, it's going to get, it's going to get a little hairy with everything. But I mean, I don't know, man, it, it, I look at the Rangers, they they got exciting guys. They got enough exciting young guys there where like, if they get in the playoffs, they get that juice to them. 
that could be that could be a bad mix for some of these teams that have been around the bend. Uh, you know, like Pittsburgh, maybe even Washington. I mean, I don't know. Ovi's on an unbelievable run right now, where like I, I, it's very hard for me to see Washington cool off. But um, but you don't know. I mean, Ra- Rangers caps are in the playoffs happens so many times that it's it's old hat by now. But uh, but I don't know. Something about the Rangers I just really like, and I cannot explain it. But it's just something about the way that they play is, is I like, and it's probably because I'm not a Rangers fan that I enjoy it more than the Rangers fans do because it drives you nuts. But something <laughs> well, yeah, about I, it I just, seems you know, to I'm, I'm listening to you views. here, and I'm listening to you here, and I'm just I, I love the storyline: Rangers knock out Islanders <laughs> in first round of playoffs. <laughs> Because I'm telling you right now, the Icelanders fans would lose their minds. Because that's not even on the radar. They're like they're going all the way to the, uh, you know, the finals this they're, year. Yeah, so. they're, they're going to the finals, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of the Caps, you know, with all that leadership there, a, a real quick uh, take on on Laviolette. I, I think you can't be surprised. Obviously, a veteran coach. I the Caps to me are still the faves. Um, yeah. You know, again, no disrespect to uh, the Islanders here. Uh, you know the Pens will find a way to to to, to secure a spot. They would really have to tail off all their injuries, or and who knows, they might make a move or two here. Uh, the Penguins always do, and as long as you have Sidney Crosby on that team, uh, they're never out of it, as far as I'm concerned. But you know, you look at the Caps, and you got you know, Backstrom there, and Ovi and Oshie, and, and the goaltender's kind of settled here, uh, even with Holpe going out to Vancouver and everything else. And they 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 hit a couple of uh, down spots. You know, Wilson goes out; they win six, seven in a row without him. Um, and and now, um, you know, I think the Caps, they, you know, I was saying this to a, a buddy of mine too, who's you know a big Caps fan. I said, all the Caps really got to do is they don't got to kill themselves. They just got to yeah. stay healthy. If they just coast, doesn't matter what position they end up for a playoff spot. Just make sure they keep it. And if they're all healthy with Char back there and Ovi and Laviolette, I, I think they can really just sweep up the Eastern Division when it all comes down to Yeah. It. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it was like two, two and a half weeks ago where Ovi, you know, Ovi got, he was like, oh, he scored in two in a row, three in a row, Ooh, four games in a row now. And it's like, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. And now he's right up there with like with Matthews and McDavid for for the goal lead in the in the league. And you're just like, all right. Yeah, no, he can still he can still pump in the goals like anybody, anybody else can. Um, and you're you know what? You're right. But I think they've been guilty of that in the past in the past years where, where they would race out to the front of the division. And then, you know, the last month and a half of the year, they were just kind of like, all right, we, you know, we got these games, we got the, you know, the playoffs are coming, but none of these really matter, blah, blah, blah. And then they get in the playoffs and they're against some team that had to fight tooth and nail to get into the playoffs. And suddenly it was just like, oh, no, this other team is battle tested. And they've been they've been playing playoff games for the last three weeks, just (laughs) trying to get in the playoffs. And now we got to Now we got to try to get on their level emotion wise. I think with this division set up, though you're not going to have that problem because the teams are close enough. Like, you know, you can't slack off. You want home ice against whoever in the first round. Uh, And you want home ice to get you through the divisional playoff too. Like you don't want to end up second and then, oops, we got to play. We got to, we got to go to Pittsburgh or we got to go to the Island for, for a best of seven for, you know, four times out of seven games. I don't want to deal with that. I want to deal with Islanders fans for four games, having them screaming their head off at me. No way. I want to deal with (laughs) Pittsburgh fans for four. No way. Get lost. I don't I don't need that from the caps. No, keep it at home. 
but like you're right don't get hurt (laughs) don't like don't get any bad injuries here keep keep everybody steady you know what lavi's the guy to do that like lavi's lavi's been in this position before yep he's you know he did it with carolina he did it you know he did it with nashville he knows how to he knows how to take care of his teams and he knows the right buttons to push i mean he's he's a hard-ass coach but but he knows the way to to kind of pull the strings with with that group and you know what that being such a veteran team that they that the Caps have, that's perfect. That's a perfect yeah. perfect situation for him and for that team because they all know the page that they work on. These guys have played against his teams forever. They get it. They understand. So that to me made like when they when they brought him on as a coach, I was like, well, of course, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, yeah. course Lavi. Of course, Lavi's the right call. You know, he had the you know you go from Reardon who was in his first job, who did okay, like he was fine, but then you know. But going from Trots to Reardon to now to Lavi, it's it's enough of a throwback to the Trots days, so that you're just kind of like, all right, we know what to expect here. We we get what's going on, uh, so let's just go and get it. And that that to me is is what makes a big difference for them. And you're right, you pointed out the goaltending settled down, and it has. I think that was I think that was the big question, you know, with you know Vanacek got so many starts, and you know they were waiting for Samsonov to come back, mm-hmm. to come back. And now he's back and now he's playing well. And Vanacek's playing pretty yep. damn well for a guy that they didn't expect to play any games in the NHL this year. So that's that to me is is what you, you can look. You can look a gift horse in the mouth with a lot of this stuff with these teams and just overthink like, wow, you know, this team, this team's doing that and whatever. No, no, Washington, Washington, you're right. Washington to me is still still the big beast there in the East to try to take out. Yeah. Don't be surprised if Ovi's handing that big silver trophy to. Coach Laviolette at the uh, when is it August? When is it end? It ends in September. When does it end, Joe? <laughs> I think middle of July, maybe. Maybe by the time the baseball All Star break rolls yeah, around, I'll be doing the Stanley Cup final. Uh, so, Joe, uh, before I let you go, what else you doing uh, as far as coverage and stuff? You got anything going on this weekend? Yeah, I'm gonna get a good look at those Rangers on Saturday for AP. It'll be uh, Rangers and Buffalo in, here in Buffalo uh, Saturday. So I'll be eyeballing what happens tonight to see if there's gonna be any storylines going in. I don't know. Maybe the Sabers are going in on a two-game hot streak on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Rangers might be playing a little bit angry on Saturday, but um, but yeah, no. Looking for looking forward to get get back up there in the press box, and I think I think that's gonna be the first game with fans in the building here in Buffalo. Awesome. I don't I don't know if they're I don't. I don't think there's I don't think there's going to be fans in there tonight, but I think Saturday is going to be the first time for it. So I'll be curious to see if any there going to be any bags on the heads of the fans, or if there's going to be any booing of anybody. Uh, like, you'll be signing yeah, autographs. Sh- I know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, they, it's that, they, they don't they don't want them from the players now. I can tell you that much. <laughs> oh man, great stuff. All right, man, we'll be looking forward to that, man, and the coverage. And uh, uh, always excited to to see you cover, covering the Sabers. And and uh, like I said, I don't want to beat the Rangers, but hey, if they do, man, fun for you and fun for the Sabers fans. All good stuff. <laughs> Joe, you're the best as always, man. And Joe, the rest of uh baseball opening day today and before the hockey games and have a great weekend man hey you you too paulie go yanks go yanks yes yanks all the way baby that's true new yorkers the two homies here joe and paulie (laughs) joe you're in everybody covering the sabers for us and that eastern division as well all right that hockey show rolls on All right, it's time to head out to the great city of Chicago, the great state of Illinois, and bring on our good friend, Mr. Tab Bamford. Let's talk some Chicago Blackhawks and Central Division on this opening day in baseball. What's going on, Tab? How are you? 
Uh, I wish it was warm uh, in Chicago, as do folks that are headed to Wrigley Field today. <laughs> the White Sox lucked out and get to go to Los Angeles of Anaheim <laughs> to play the uh, Angels today. But the Cubs are at home. It is snowing. The wind, uh, wind chill factor at Wrigley Field is, I believe, 18 degrees uh, for first pitch uh, at 1 p.m. Central Standard. So, yeah. We're uh, we're ready for baseball. Uh, I'm wearing a sweatshirt uh, that is one of my, I think, four or five jacket slash hoodie purchases after underdressing for Wrigley Field opening day. <laughs> I've got a closet full of crap that I bought because you you show up in a jersey thinking that it's baseball season and then hockey breaks out. Unbelievable. Well, the Hawks fans can all wear their. I mean, the Cubs fans can wear their Hawks jersey to uh, the baseball game today. Ooh, well, it's always tricky here, April, uh, across the country. You never know what you're going to get. But anyway, we're not talking baseball today. We're talking hockey and uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Hmm, let's do this like I always do, but 37 games played, 17, 5, and 5, and 39 points. Fifth now, or tied for fourth in the division. Very interesting. Uh, and 16th in the league. Uh, since last we spoke, Tab, last week, um, two and two in the last four. Uh, beat the Cats. Uh twice there and then uh lost two to the preds this weekend and then um you know they're they're they've basically allowed the predators to get back into this uh this playoff rush here and and, and that was something that me and you pretty much didn't see happening but here we are yeah i mean when you look at the names that nashville has sidelined right now you know it's almost become a joke that if the preds wanted to sell at the deadline they need a couple healthy bodies to actually get rid of and yet here they are, eight and eight two and zero in their last ten, and winners of six in a row, including those two against the Blackhawks. And I mean, Jeremy Colton was pretty clear that he was not happy with the effort that the Blackhawks gave in either one of those games. And you know, they did, they didn't have a what I would consider to be their best effort of the season, uh, bouncing back and beating Carolina on Tuesday night. But they got outshot two to one. Uh, you know, they went stretches of three to five minutes at a time without a shot on goal during that game. But Lankinen carried him to a victory that they desperately needed. So, yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about the Central. You've got three alphas in that division. Uh, I think Florida might be a little vulnerable right now with Ekblad being done for the year. But they've won three in a row um, since somehow losing two to the Blackhawks with the caveat that they lost those two without Sasha Barkov being in the lineup. But in any event, you know, that, that four spot's wide open. And, again, everybody says it's Dallas's to lose. Well, they're losing it. They've lost three in a row. They're three, three, and four in their last ten. They cannot get out of their own way. And now they are closer to Detroit at the bottom of the division than they are the four spot. So Nashville and Chicago tied at 39 points in 37 games. Nashville with the edge. Uh, with the 19 uh, victories, the Hawks with five uh, overtime losses, keeping them afloat, and Columbus three points behind, sniffing at their heels um, with you know three extra points in their last 10 because the Hawks have got six regulation losses in their last 10, to Columbus only three. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting time to watch these Blackhawks because you're getting those growing pains, but now you've got Kirby Doc back in the lineup, and certainly I think, Everyone is hoping and expecting that that changes everything. 
Yeah, and I mean, this is just, it's a t- completely different dynamic from from where they were, you know, when we first started talking about these guys and then obviously getting to, you know, it's weird with a 56-game season, you know, what is the middle part here, you know, 25 games played here and uh, and now with less than 20 games to go, um, you know, now now their whole, I guess this gets into the, to the mind frame and we've talked a lot about Carlton, um, you know, this young team uh, playing around Kane, Seeing uh, Lankin and settle in here in goal, uh, a lot of bright spots, and and basically like surprising people with the wins, and 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 they weren't really worrying about so much. Uh, definitely not Nashville, um, and 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 pretty much held themselves pretty well against Columbus there, uh, you know, towards the middle of the season. And now it's a totally different dynamic for the entire team, from head coach, uh, you know, through the Nets here in terms of um, you know the the things that are at stake and how this young team place these games going forward where they were kind of riding high and and hey we're just happy to be here we're we're in a playoff spot but now like you said not only Nashville turning their season around and Columbus is always going to be trouble and uh these games now the rest of the way it'll be interesting to see how this young team under Carlton um you know kind of either they dig in tab or you know we find out maybe this isn't the the team or we find out different uh, traits of this team going forward that if they kind of maybe fall out of this race uh again all things that are unseen but different storylines now from say you know about a month ago when we were talking about this team yeah and and the question is are you know to go to the old dennis green rant about the chicago bears are they who we thought they were are they a team that's going to miss the playoffs and be chasing a lottery pick or will they continue surprising people and i don't think we can undersell enough how both remarkable that Kirby Doc came back as early as he did, but how important it is with him really without Jonathan Taves being here, slotting in as your number one center on your best offensive line, theoretically. Um, being able to get him some run, get him back in game shape, and get a feel for what you really have up front with two full weeks before the trade deadline. You know, we've talked about the deadline for a couple weeks now, and the Hawks have got some interesting guys that I think other teams will be very keyed in on. I think Carl Soderberg's had a really nice season. Matthijs Yenmark has vastly outplayed what they paid him for. Um, They've got some other veterans like Ryan Carpenter that I think could help the right team in the right situation. And obviously they've got to be mindful of what's coming via expansion draft. But right now, you know, I wrote earlier this week, the Blackhawks signed uh, one of their late-round draft picks, Isaac Phillips, uh, who's a young defenseman. Before next year, uh, without dealing with a, a couple restricted free agents, Zadorov, uh, Carlson being the two principal restricted free agents, the Hawks already have 11 defensemen under contract for next year. And we've talked throughout this season about how bloated the Blackhawks' blue line is. Uh, Wyatt Kalnuk got some run on Tuesday night against Carolina in place of Nicholas and Ian Mitchell's been skating in the AHL, um, just trying to get more consistent minutes, round out a few things in his game. So the Blackhawks have got a really deep blue line. Their youngsters are pretty much split 50, 50 lefty righty. So they've got some options if they want to, if they want to play with some things. And there, I think there are teams that could use, some of the pieces that the Blackhawks have, but the question becomes, if you're hanging around the playoff picture, 
I don't think Stan Bowman's in a position to purely sell. And he said that he doesn't necessarily want to sell, but he wants to tinker and make hockey moves. But you can't ignore that they've got $21 million in cap space because of the LTIR situation. So if they, have, if they can bring back assets either to help now or draft picks or prospects for the future, in the process of bringing maybe some bad money back, the Blackhawks might be in a situation to do that. But they still, they're still they atrocious at the dot still. Uh, Doc lost all eight of his face-offs against Carolina the other night. Thankfully, he didn't skate another 20-plus minutes. I think he was at 42 minutes in his first two games against a tough Florida team that backed him off to under 14 against Carolina. But having Doc back allows Carlton a number of games here to figure out what he's got and then I think have some constructive conversations with the front office about who's extra, what his actual needs are if they want to make a playoff push. And then with all that cap space, I think that they can really be aggressive at the deadline if they choose to do so with some of these veterans that they have that could really help some teams that are now starting to get hit by the injury bug. Yeah, and you know, you you spoke here, and I think we talked about it last week, uh, how important it is for this team to definitely want to make the playoffs here and get all that experience, especially uh, with a lot of the young guys playing. And, you know, seeing a guy like Lankin in here just continue to play well for this team. Uh, 13 wins now in the season. Uh, started for the last five. Uh, you know, Subban started there on Saturday. And uh, guys like DeBrincat, you know, 17 goals now and 30 points. You know, all the, all the guys that you've talked about on this lineup and these stars, uh, these young stars that are kind of growing in, in a surprising season here, um, and, and that is the thing to kind of look for. You want to get these guys in the playoffs. You want to, you want to, and want to see what they're kind of made of. This is a great test for them too, Tab, to maybe be in this kind of situation where they're competing against the Predators and Columbus to get into this last spot. It, it's a great way to kind of see uh, what kind of guys they have. Um, and as far as you know, what you're talking about with Bowman and making, I love that term, uh, hockey moves and everything else and stuff. So it's it's kind of wild that the the Blackhawks. You know, I, I kind of some way compare it in terms of like a little bit the way the Rangers are playing too. I know there's some other solidified stars there, but in terms of this season and how they're playing right now, whether the Rangers make the playoffs or not, the Hawks with a chance to make the playoffs, it's kind of like a gimme year for these teams. And because it's the future, it's about next year and the two years ahead. So there's no real, there's no, they don't have to make the playoffs. It would be great if they did. It would be great experience for them. But I think beyond this season for teams like the Hawks and for teams like the Rangers, that's when these two teams can probably look at really starting to take off. Yeah, and, I, you know, it's great, great points about building for the next couple of years. You know, the next 11 days, 12 days or so, the Hawks finish up with Carolina tonight. They go to Nashville for one on Saturday, host Dallas for two, and then they've got, they go on another – six-game road trip to Columbus, Detroit, and Nashville. Uh, they've actually got one in Nashville, so a five-game road trip. And then they come home for two against Nashville. So they got three in a row against Nashville uh, in about three weeks. You know, with Nashville, Columbus, and we'll still consider Dallas because of the, the pedigree to be and the games that they still have in hand on the rest of the division, um, you know, an outsider, but still clearly looking in on the playoffs you're not only going to get a play, the potential of playoffs, but what you're going to see now is how these guys play under pressure. Yeah. You know, if you're Detroit and you're rebuilding and you're way out of it, these guys are playing for money. They're playing for stats. They're playing for experience. Well, there's a difference between 50 games of experience in the national hockey league and 
experience playing in a playoff race. And so whether or not the Blackhawks make the playoffs, I would submit that where they're at right now with 19 games to play in the regular season, the experience that they will get in the month of April and the beginning of May, whether they make the playoffs or not, will be incredibly valuable for their young players because they're in a playoff race. And they're going to have teams that are well-coached. It's going to be good for Carlton, too. Yep. I mean, he, you know, he's going to have to dance with sports when they go to Columbus in 10 days. And Nashville is not rolling over for anybody. They were dead and buried two weeks ago, and here they are. So you're, you're going to see what your coach has got. You're going to see what your lineup has. And then it's, it's, it's going to be on Bowman, who let's not undersell it. This is his first trade deadline as the general manager with John McDonough not looking over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So let's see what, how I, I will be watching very closely how Stan Bowman defines a hockey move now that he doesn't have the marketing guy looking over his shoulder. Will they make a move to bring in veterans at the cost of a young asset like they did with the awful trade that brought Dale Weiss and you know, just two nothing pieces back with Philip Deneau going to Montreal a few years back. Will he do something like that to try and get this team in the playoffs? Or will he say, you know what, we're good, maybe make room on the blue line by dealing one of his veterans to get some, you know, extra room there for a Mitchell or Bowden to more frequently draw in and, and get some more quality experience. It'll be interesting to see how he tinkers because now, it's a new regime. It's a totally different outlook, but it's not a bottom has fallen out. We're battling Detroit for a lottery pick. It's a we're in the thick of it with Nashville and Columbus. So what have we got? And you're going to get a really good idea of what the Blackhawks have for the future from how these young guys step up and play or if the pressure's too much and they know that before next year then in the offseason shopping market, they've got some work that they've got to do to address some other issues. Yeah, I mean it's 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 all good stuff one way or the other, and I, you know I think as a fan too, you know, I guess that would be my other question here before we wrap up on, on the Hawks. There is, you know, what's the general vibe out there in Chicago as far as what you see, whether it's on social media or in the news or uh, just in your passing, as far as the fan base, um, you know, getting behind this team and and their outlook, or do, you, do, do is there anything that I'm missing in terms of asking you that? Maybe some other fans are seeing that they need to do or to change or to go for, or like I said, it's just just a, 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 just a good way. Let's just ride this team, see how they're doing. It's, it's basically a general positive vibe on the Hawks in general from the fan base. Well, it's Chicago. It's just like New York. The fan base is bipolar. You win, you're the <laughs> greatest team that ever played. You lose, sell the farm. Duncan Keith is over the hill. Get rid of him as fast as possible. That kind of crap. Awesome. So... You know, that that's just what it is in the major market. But I think the reality here is when you look at this team, I've tried to consistently be, you know, a conservative voice of context always. And that is we don't know if Jonathan Taves is coming back at some point. Stan Bowman has said that he hopes and expects him to be back for next year. But this team has got issues at the center position. They've got some size coming on the blue line, which is great. As I mentioned earlier, they're bloated on the blue line. So they do have some extra bodies, and, and they've got some guys with affordable cap hits that could be tempting in the, in the trade market. But I think that the fan base is seeing what some of these young guys have. Lankinen has got a bandwagon that is chock full of people. 
Uh, Brandon Hagel is becoming very quickly a fan favorite, kind of becoming that Andrew Shaw type, Dave Bolin type, you know, bottom six grinder that makes life hell for his opponents. And that's what I think the city of Chicago identifies with. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think Chicago is, uh, you know, I've got I've got a couple buddies who are uh, fairly frequent with the wagering side of things. And they'll hit me up on text or they'll shoot me a DM on Instagram or Twitter and say, you know, what do you think? Should I put money on the Hawks tonight? And I always say, no, I would never bet my money on the Blackhawks this year because you don't know if they're going to show up and put 14 shots on net and beat the Carolina Panthers or show up and look decent and lose to the Nashville Predators or play a great game and get it handed to them by the Dallas. You just, you don't know what you're going to get out of this team. And that's because they're a young team and they're learning and they're growing and there are going to be bad shifts. They're going to be great shifts and they're learning on the fly. And, uh, and you're seeing it from Jeremy Colton too, with kind of how he's distributing time and how guys are getting work. Like I said, Kirby doc was, I think 42 minutes in his first two games, probably a lot for a kid that hadn't been in any game action since around Christmas in a warm-up for the world juniors. So we're learning a lot. And I think the fan base is excited for what they're seeing from some of the young guys, but you're also realistic that this is a team that had, you know, basement level expectations. They've already exceeded the expectations. Now you hope for a playoff run, but you also know that the guys, some of the guys that you have on this team that you might like, like a Yanmark might not be here after the deadline because he could be more valuable to your future via trade than he is right now on a one-year deal. Yeah, it's uh, it's all good stuff, man, one way or the other. And, you know, like I said, they got the Canes tonight here trying to get a couple more points. Great test for them. Meanwhile, you're watching the scoreboard as uh, the Stars play the Preds tonight. Um, Let's um, wrap things up here and just kind of run through uh, the Central Division here a little bit. Um, Bolts not only on top of the division but also uh, top of the league right now. They're going to play Columbus and Torts. You know, man, Torts just – I don't know how he does it, but he's he's always got this team. I mean, they kind of can get unless unless Torts is the storyline, right? Whether it's benching a player, forcing a trade, or whatever the heck it is, or guys leaving, or something like that. You know, the team quietly kind of does its thing, even though Torts is such a, such a big personality. But here they are, you know, hanging around, and and you know, you can look up and down that Columbus lineup, and maybe you know, some might say it's really not a star-studded lineup. Uh, you know, uh, you know, the last couple of years, he's had to deal with just major injuries. I mean, he's a hell of a coach, an incredible personality, obviously. And, and he's got this team. You know that these guys, whenever they play towards in Columbus, it's never going to be easy. Just a, another quick take. I know he's a he's a favor of yours, too, as far as a personality, too, uh, Tab. But uh, just a, a real quick take on, on Columbus right now. In the you know, how he, here. How, yeah, how he does it is the fear of God. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he, but on he, paper, man, it's like... He, I just, he baffles it, my it, mind it, how he gets these guys it, going. You know, and I think the reason that there's a part of me that, that likes what Torts is about is, you know, when I was younger, I was watching the Blackhawks with Mike Keenan behind the bench. Mm-hmm. Very similar guy. Yeah. You know, it's a fear of God. You screw up. I'm going to tear you a new one and make sure that the cameras see me doing it. And then you're going to sit for 15 minutes. And then when you get back on the ice, you better score a goal or you're going to hear about it again. And intermission is going to be hell. And the paint on the wall is going to need therapy from what I have to say. So it's that. and I mean, Which look, is a trip tab because you know off yeah. the ice, he's one of the coolest, most down-earth oh, yeah. guys you'll ever talk to. 
Yeah, yeah, and and iconic soundbite, coach. I mean, yeah, <laughs> for all that we talk about, like Quinville and Trotz are tacticians and borderline Jedi's with the X's and O's. You know, we joke in Chicago about Joel Quinville because you can literally grab four or five cliches about like this pace, um, things like that, and you can basically write your quotes from Quinville, you know, out of you know an ad libs. Um, Tort's not going to really give you a whole lot when he does open up. It's like a you know Moses showing up, you know, off of the <laughs> off of the mountain. Like holy cow, Barry Trotz opened up. Torch is the opposite. Torch will tell you exactly what you want to hear. There's no filter. There's no hiding anything from the press. There's nothing that's going to stay behind closed doors. Torch is going to tell you exactly what he what he thinks, and it's refreshing because you don't have a lot of coaches or managers in any sport. I think we've become so desensitized to having the Bill Belichicks of the world winning that when you have a Torts or even like a, a you know Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich in the NBA. You know, Andy Reid to an extent, like these guys that just will tell you whatever you want to hear and answer your question, frankly, it's so refreshing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the the word that defines torts is accountability. And I think not having entitled superstars fits his MO. He would rather not have superstars because he will get the most out of them. And so that's that, that's why I think. Columbus and look, you know, the, the marriage with line a has certainly not been, you know, all, you know, roses and flowers and, you know, breakfast and bed type crap. He, he, they have not, you know, seen eye to eye. Line a has found his tail stapled to the bench at times. Um, but he's pushing him to be a, the best hockey player that he can be. So look, you know, they, they've got work to do. Um, defensively, they're not good. They've got the second worst goal differential in the division. They've only won four of their last 10. So they've got work to do if they want to climb back into it. But you know, Torch is going to ride them and get the best hockey that he can out of them one way or the other. Um, so you got to keep an eye on Columbus. But I mean, Nashville flipping the script has been, well, I don't think enough people are talking about the Predators because we had them buried. Yep. We had them in the lottery. We had them having a fire sale. All hope was completely lost. And you look at some of the guys. I mean, they're without Philip Forsberg. He's week to week. Shane, week to week. They've got some heavy hidden names that are week to week with two weeks to the deadline. And they're 8-2-0 in their last 10. They've won six in a row. They've got the best win streak in the division. I mean, even Tampa's lost three in a row. You know, props to Joel Quinville for getting three in a row out of Florida with, you know, such a huge emotional loss of Ekblad on the blue line. But Nashville is the hottest team in the division right now. And they're playing a style of hockey that, you know, maybe having some of those big name players, maybe a Forsberg and a Duchesne being gone allows some other guys to step into a role that they're more suited for because it's available. We've talked about that with the Blackhawks too. Sometimes availability opens doors uh, and guys don't close those doors. You know, they step in and keep it and stay there. And I think we're seeing with Nashville that they are, having some guys elevate their game with some key pieces missing and they're just riding the riding the wave right now and you know if if you're Carolina you're 10 points up you got three games in hand on Nashville I don't think you're worried um, Carolina shouldn't be worried but if Nashville keeps playing this way I think they could very easily grab that four spot and not give it back 
Yeah, and, um, and sticking with Nashville here, the, the two guys that I wanted to get your feedback on is, you know, um, the experience of David Poyle as a GM, um, one a guy that I just love here, showing his patience here, obviously, with a guy like uh, John Hines behind the bench, because like I said, we were talking earlier about, you know, these guys were done or whatever. Could this be a, a moment for Hines? Hines is not really known as much of a big personality. He's not really had, you know, he's, I, I don't believe he's really won anything on the NHL level in any way. Um, and as far as an interesting guy, I mean, we talk about Torts, you know, Quenville, the other coaches in this division, obviously Cooper, and um, it goes on and on, um, you know, with the rest of the, the, the teams here in, in the division. But um, this could be a moment for a guy like John Hines to kind of maybe make his mark. Um, in terms of getting this team into the division and, and maybe uh, maybe elevating himself as a, as a top coach in the NHL. Because if they do grab that last spot and they get in there with all the things you talk about, the injuries, we, we've talked about all the players that have come and gone, uh, the changes they've made in Nashville. But So real quick, Tab, your, your, your maybe comments on David Poyle hanging in there with John Hines and, and also you know the, the job that Hines is doing with this team right now. Well, I'll tell you this. If they keep playing the way that they are, here the second half of the season, Hines is going to get himself some Jack Adams love at some point because when you look at their stat sheet, the first thing that you say is, how the hell are they doing this? You know, Roman Yossi, they've got two guys on the roster that have more than 20 points. Roman Yossi is second on the team with 21 points, and 11 of them are on the power play. Philip Forsberg leads the team. He's out. He's week to week, and he's got 29 points. He's minus eight. And that's, and then you got three guys with eighteen points. Like, how are they winning games? <laughs> yes, with, how are they like, doing this with like the balsa wooden duct tape offense that you look at this lineup and you're like, how you're you're looking at you know Yarncroak is a great player. I don't his eleven goals have been very good and he's been timely, but like Ryan Johansson has grossly underperformed this year. Four goals in twenty nine games. You know, they've got some guys that have been through it before, and Eric Halla, obviously, great piece, a, a good veteran piece there. Victor Arvidsson always just murders the Blackhawks. But, like, you just you look at this, and you've got two guys over 28 point, over twenty points, and you've got about 20 games left in the 19 games left in the season, and you just wonder how the hell they're doing it. And Hines is, to his credit, maximizing the production – and getting the best result from a team that does not have a Patrick Kane or an Alex Dabrinkit. They got two guys with 11 goals. They got two guys with 20 points. And they're sitting in fourth in the division, and they've won their last six. So, obviously, shot suppression, big deal. Nashville has always, you know, the names have come and gone. Ryan Ellis is still there, but he's banged up. But, you know, they have always been, back to the Trots era, a team that starts with the defense, and generates enough offense to win. And that's what they're doing. They're generating enough offense to win. And, you know, it's admirable. And I do think that if if they can win that four spot and he can get a team that was lottery-bound two weeks ago into the playoffs, you'll, you'll, you'll get some sleeper love for John Hines as a Jack Adams candidate. Nah, great point, no doubt about it. The other thing, surprising thing, too, with a guy like Pecorine uh, in the Nets, they've actually got a – they're going back and forth. Who the heck is Jose Saros? I mean, they're pretty much splitting the time in Nets, too, and the kid's doing all right. He's got 10 wins here in 19 games. I mean, that's something, too, that maybe this helps this team out, too, because Rene has always carried the workload. 
and maybe to have this kid too uh, helping them out, you know, if they do get this spot, maybe that helps Renee out if they do get into the playoffs. Saros has been great. I mean, he, the, the Hawks could have scored easily three times as many goals as they did the other night. 924 save percentage, 236 goals against. I mean, he has, he's just, he, he's, but this, again, it goes to, you look at some of the names and you're not getting league wide love out of these guys. Yeah. You know, Saros isn't a young kid. He's 25, but he's not a young kid. He was drafted in 2013 in the fourth round. Uh, he's in his third league, but I think he's a guy that bided his time, young Finnish netminder, sitting behind Rene, watching a class act, a Vesna winner, uh, you know, one of the better of his generation do his job. And Saros comes in, and I think he has modeled his game after one of the one of the best of the generation, but totally different netminder. You know, you look at Rene, and, and this is a guy that was one of very few people that could look Chara in the eye. On skates, Saros is five eleven and a buck eighty, and that buck eighty might be with the pads on. You know, we're not looking at a small forward in net here. We're we're looking at a guy who wouldn't play point guard D two. So, but again, it goes back to David Poyle, the organizational philosophy, great identifier of skill and talent, yep. uh, and understands what the chemistry is. David Poyle did such a great job with USA Hockey building teams. You know, I think it was yesterday USA Hockey officially said Stan Bowman is going to be the GM for the next Olympics. But he's a guy that has built rosters based on chemistry. Every time he built an Olympic team, there were guys that were left off the team and fans all over the league were saying, what the hell is he doing? It's because he wants the right guys. Mm -hmm. And... He knows what chemistry works. He knows what job descriptions need to be filled. And he knows what it takes to win in the National Hockey League. Now, he hasn't gotten all the way to the mountaintop yet. He's been close. Um, obviously, running into a decade in the Western Conference in which the Blackhawks and Kings had the run of the roost for a while, I think, didn't help there. But, I mean, he knows, he knows how to construct a lineup to be successful in the National Hockey League. So... Um, you, you really can never count out Nashville. And, but, but the, again, the crazy thing is most of the time when you see streaks like this come from teams that sucked for so long, you say, well, they're finally getting healthy. And it's the complete opposite situation with Nashville. They lose Forsberg, their leading score. They lose Duchesne, who's maybe one of the, maybe the second most offensively gifted player on the team. Rattle off six in a row. Why, why not? No, it's crazy. Uh, and, you know, they got Dallas tonight, uh, you guys on Saturday, and then they've got a couple there with Detroit. Man, it's uh, it's going to be interesting the rest of the way. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, with fans getting back in the building, Nashville's got one of the best fan bases as well in the league, no doubt about it. So it's going to be interesting uh, the rest of the way. And me and you will be here to watch this for the next couple of weeks before the playoffs hit up and obviously the trade deadline coming up. Tab is always a great job. Enjoy the baseball today, brother. And uh, Absolutely. We'll catch up with you next week. Have a super weekend, man. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Be good, be safe, stay warm, and uh, enjoy all of the sports and baseball with butts in the seats. Hopefully we've got butts in the seats all over the NHL soon. Absolutely. Great stuff. Tab Banford, ladies and gentlemen, as always, 
giving us a take on the Hawks and the Central Division, which is uh, getting interesting in that 3-4-5 spot. All right, THS rolls on! Well, all right, it's that time to head on out to the left coast, the west coast, the best coast. Well, it all depends on where you are. Anyway, we're still going to talk to our good friend, Mr. Steve Palumbo, in the great city of Los Angeles, in the great state of California. Talk some devils and some west coast hockey. Steve-O, how you doing, buddy? Happy April Fools. Happy April Fools, Paulie. How are you today, my friend? I'm good, man. Let's, uh, it's opening day in baseball, so let's talk some hockey. Yeah, yes, let's do it. You are Yankees a fellow Yankee fan uh, uh, as me, I believe. Isn't that true? Yes, I am, and they are down right now, last I checked. Uh, what's the score? <laughs> Is it all over? Is the season done? Is it finished, Steve? <laughs> it's one nothing. I think they still got a chance. Okay, Second inning. good, good. One nothing. <laughs> game one, 161 more games to go. They got a chance. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, we're going to talk some puck here today, uh, as we always do. Um, You know, lots going on, obviously, here with, uh, you know, less than 20 games to go here in this season. Um, The West Coast, ooh, got a lot of fun stuff we can talk about with that today. I guess what we'll do is we'll start with the Devils, as we always do here. Uh, 34 games played, 16, 15, and 4 for 31 points, 7th in the division, and uh, 27th in the league. Uh, Hanging around there. Since we last spoke last week, Steve-O, 1-3 in the last four. Uh, lost back-to-back versus the Caps, split with the Bruins with the shootout loss on Tuesday and um, off tonight, uh, and then two with the Caps this weekend. Uh, the Ranger fans are pulling for you guys the other night, especially me, playing the Bruins, <laughs> but you guys couldn't do it. But anyway, um, you know, just take us through the week here. What do you see from the guys? Uh, you know, like I said, we've been going back and forth in terms of this team and trying to progress and uh, trying to stay with the positive points and stuff and uh, talking about this grinding schedule and everything else. So let's just give me, give me, give me Steve-O's little roundup for the week. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought they played, they played tough. Uh, they, they hung in there. Uh, special teams have looked better. I think what we're starting to see now is uh, Lindy Ruff, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, 30 games into the season, 35 games in the season, who is, you know, who fits his system best, you know, the Devils put Nikita Gusev on waivers today, and Lindy Ruff literally said he just isn't having a good year. He just doesn't quite fit the system. So I think you're kind of seeing, you know, that the guy, you know, people are asking why is Gegar sharing Govich and Yanni Kokin and why are those guys always in the lineup where other guys are rotating in and out? And I, I think it's because they fit into his system really well and they're playing really solid hockey. And they, I could argue that they've been the most among the most consistent Devils all year. So. Uh, they're just they're entertaining to watch. Even you know that that game where they they blew the two goal lead to Boston, you could kind of feel Boston pushing. And I think Boston's kind of in a desperate mode right now. Um, so I think the Devils are going to be you know playing, getting a lot of teams' best efforts uh, going down the stretch because you know pretty much everybody is in this thing except for you know the Devils and Buffalo. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting um, stretch run. It's going to be exciting, and I. I can't wait to see how the Devils respond to, you know, like two games against Washington. They cannot seem to get over the schneid with them, but I'd like to see how they, you know, them come out and at least win one of these next two games against them. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, just when we talked about it here with Lindy, and I've asked you uh, multiple times in terms of uh, what he like from the system and stuff, and, and hearing that right now, too, in terms of, you know, you, you kind of look at the devil's season here one way or the other, not not completely out of it. I mean, the Rangers have to do their work here. Uh, Philly's having some problems here. It's really going to come down to Boston. The top four in the division are playing each other tonight here as far as the Isles and Pittsburgh and Boston and, and the Caps and, you know, those, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, the Islanders, I'm sorry, in there, you know, going to be playing each other tonight tonight and uh, tearing each other up a little bit. And we talked about how, you know, the top three teams are just going to want that first spot so they don't have to worry about, uh, you know, who comes in, uh, you know, on second and third so those two teams can kind of beat themselves up in that first round of the playoffs. So looking out right. with the Devils here, and, and, and you know, if you, if you were just kind of looking at the Rangers and Flyers right now, right, as far as the Devils are concerned, if you're going to look at the schedule and if you're going to even have any dreams of the playoffs, right, Philly obviously struggling here a little bit. The Rangers have to just go out and win. Um, but then they've got four games coming up with you guys. So if the Rangers kind of struggle in any way and, you know, the Devils can kind of play tough here against the Caps and, and a couple of these games coming up uh, as far as, uh, you know, their schedules, they could they could somewhat – we talked about this. They can kind of play around there. They could be in it, and they could definitely cause trouble. And what i like to mm-hmm. hear from you in terms of you saying – you know, it's great to hear what, you know, Lindy coming out, talking about his uh, his system. So I guess you guys as fans and commentators and, and stuff like that can kind of look at it and go, okay, there's some kind of direction. And hopefully, no matter how the Devils end up this year, it's a stepping stone to Lindy's next season and a full season next year with the guys that he wants. And we'll see what happens at the trading deadline and obviously free agents and training camp next year. Yeah, you know, I mean, there was no – you know, there were no playoff aspirations or anything coming into this season. I, I mean, I literally joked with you that I didn't think this roster could win 10 games. And just by looking at it, you know, before the season uh, even started. Um, so to see, you know, the way that, that the team is playing now, obviously, is encouraging. I think going down the stretch here, I expect the Devils to play really tough and to kind of, you know, play that spoiler role. I mean, they play the Rangers really tough. They play the Flyers really tough. They play Boston tough. They play Pittsburgh tough. You know, they have a little trouble with uh, with Washington. But I, I you know, I, I don't foresee the Devils making any kind of run to, you know, get to that fourth spot. But I, I do see them, you know, hanging around that NHL 500 mark and maybe even possibly if, if things kind of break their, their way, maybe finishing, you know, over that mark a game or two. And that would be quite, you know, an accomplishment for this season. And that I would give – all the kudos and respects to Lindy Ruff and his coaching staff. He's, you know, he pretty much came in with a blank slate and was able to and kind of assemble things the way he liked them. And it's, it, they've gotten some results, some mixed results, but things are starting to, you know, COVID screwed that whole thing up. And now things are starting to become cohesive again. And the team is, is playing like they were in the beginning of the year. And it's, it's, uh, you know, they, they could definitely, uh, upset some other teams playoff chances for sure. They could definitely be a, a road, uh, you know, roadblock for teams like the Rangers. That four game set against the Rangers is going to be huge for the Rangers season. I think, uh, in terms of them, it could be their detrimental playoff to our relationship though. It could be. <laughs> nah, <laughs> friends don't let friends, uh, hockey rivalries get in the way or something like that. <laughs> oh man. I know you and I will applaud you if the devil's, Tear the Rangers up that week, you know, and it'll just be typical stuff, you know. We would just that would just, be awesome. I mean, that would oh, make the yeah. whole season really <laughs> sure it would, yeah. It was funny. I was, talk, I was talking with Joe earlier, right? And he was we were talking about the storyline about made the, if the Rangers made the playoffs and they play the Islanders in the first round, right? 
And just, you know, yeah. there's a storyline, too. Rangers knock Islanders out of the playoffs. And <laughs> you just can imagine <laughs> what that fan base would go through. Right? They've got Stanley Cup on their mind here. Um, swinging back here, we've talked about this as far as Blackwood. And, and obviously, uh, yeah. you know, great goaltenders here, part of the New Jersey Devils organization going back to Brodeur. Yes. Uh, and so forth, and you know, I don't know when or if Blackwood's going to get a uh, statue out front of his uh, outside the <laughs> arena. But you know, Lindy's got his guy here, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I guess that that's somewhat enjoyable to watch. And I got to ask you too, um, as far as his style, what do you like to see? What What do you like from Blackwood? Um, as far as him playing under this system, playing under a team that you know, like I said, um, uh, is finding its way. Obviously, we've raved about Subban. He's got one of the best defensemen in front of him in there, too. But um, I don't know too much about him. But maybe a little, if you can kind of fill me in a little bit on uh, McKenzie's personality, his preparation, and does he have at least the potential or the mechanics to possibly be a, a Brodeur-type guy who maybe stays here for uh, maybe beyond five, six years? Yeah, I think that's, that's the plan um, because, you know, McKenzie is a big kid. Um, he's quirky. He's got this quirky personality, as most most goalies do. He's got that big toothless grin. He took a puck to the face last season, knocked out uh, all his teeth in the front, and uh, he just looks, you know, he just looks like a crazy goalie. But he's just very calm. He doesn't get rattled easily. Um, you know, he he was struggling a little bit when we came back from COVID. He was, he, you know, it seemed to affect him um, more than mo- uh, most of the players on the team. And they, the devils had to sit him down for a little bit so he could kind of regroup. And he's, he's really responded well. He's very sound positionally. Um, you know, that goal he made the other night when he was able to kick his toe out and save the puck from going in against the game, the devils won against Boston when they had the two goals disallowed in the final minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was just outstanding, just reactionary skill, you know, his length, everything coming into play right there. Uh, he makes some incredible, incredible saves that the Bruins should have won that last game in regulation, uh, had it not been for some outstanding, uh, blocker and stick work, um, from McKenzie late in that game. He's a, he's a treat to watch. Uh, very different than Marty Brodeur, uh, in terms of, you know, that, that hybrid butterfly or whatever Marty, you know, whatever they, uh-huh. say he played um he's more of the the new age traditional big goalie very you know positionally sound uh you know just makes himself as big as possible and uh, it's just a real treat and i think you know i we've seen him you know there's there's been this you know carter hart was going to be the next great goalie in in the eastern division or atlantic you know whatever the division is going to be called well, that kind of blew uh, up didn't it <laughs> it certainly did and and mckenzie i think has surpassed him in in that aspect i know there's there's lots of great russian goalies and stuff in uh in that division but i mean as far as you know big strong north american kid uh, he's just i don't know he's just so fun to watch and i do believe that he is the future of devil's goal you know devil's hockey and as they continue to get better he's going to be play a big big role in that yeah and look i mean we've talked about it and you even my uh my under uh fan family members and friends and so on we we've, we've just talked about you know the next few years here in the tri-state area with the devils the islanders and the rangers you know and, oh, man. And, you know we cross our fingers here with things getting to normal and fans back in the buildings here but man uh new york new jersey hockey long island is is in some there's some epic battles that are i think are are on are on tap here for the next few years, which is some great stuff. And, 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 you know, I think that's why I love talking about the devils with you every week, because 
Obviously, the Rangers and the Islanders get all the headlines now, and uh, you know, because the the Islanders have worked their way back uh, to respect yeah. here, obviously in the league. The Rangers are the Rangers; they're always going to be the Rangers. It's the you know they're they're playing on Broadway and so on and so forth. And the Devils, you know, they've they've made such a great mark in NHL history. What they did, obviously, in the '90s and in the early 2000s, just phenomenal. You know, Hall of Fame players in the organization, from coaches uh, to ownership, everything. You know, and they've done it to the wayside of primarily the Rangers and then a little bit because the Islanders dynasty, even though it's so long ago, but you know, you put all these three, like the, the nineties, as you remember for all of us, when we were younger and stuff, when the Rangers and the devils and the Islanders were all in the mix, the playoff mix. I mean, the Islanders didn't have the success, but they were, they, they made the playoffs, obviously 94 against the Islanders got swept there. And then the Rangers and the, uh, the devils just battled back and forth there for years. So to think that that might come back, and obviously, Lindy Ruff, there's a connection there through uh, not only Buffalo, but, you know, obviously with the Rangers organization. And, and you have trots mm-hmm. here. And the Rangers are going to figure out what they do one way with, with Quinn and so forth. But, you know, getting to talk to you, because I know you get it, Steve. And you can kind of, we can kind of, you know, wink at each other here in a little bit, man. Hey, it's going to be a lot of fun in the next few years here. Yeah, it really, it really is. Whenever those those teams are all good and you, you get the possibility of them meeting in the playoffs, there's really nothing like it. I'm I'm reading a book right now. It's 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 called the greatest series. Uh, and it's between, it's that 94 series between the devils and Rangers. And it's written in the perspective of players from each team. And it is just, you know, think of how we feel about the rivalry, but being a player within that rivalry, um, playing against those teams when it, and it matters most. And, you know, there's just, there's so much history there. There's so much drama. There's so much excitement. It just, it's really a good time, you know, a good time to be a fan in that market because it's just going to be, you know, a lot of good things are going to be coming down the pipe in the next few years as these teams continue to to get better and get stronger. And the Devils and Rangers are going to be chasing the Islanders. And I don't know, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Yes, a lot of tears, heartbreaks, <laughs> furniture being broken, relationships <laughs> being ruined. <laughs> it's all great stuff to get to look forward to again as the Islanders, <laughs> Rangers, and Devils start uh, firing back up and, and being competitive here in the league again. All right, uh, Steve, before we finish up with the Devils, is there anybody else, another player, somebody else that stands out uh, this past week uh, who's really impressed you? Anybody you want to give a nod to on the Devils before we go out to the uh, the Western Division? Um, Jesper Bratt. Uh, I know he's there's been much maligned for, you know, not scoring, and they, uh, they scratched him. and But he is just such a pleasure to watch. And if he, he can get, like, that's the thing with the Devils. They've got a lot of pieces, but they just got to, they have to fill a few holes. And you put him with, with, uh, He's, he's such an outstanding playmaker. You put him with somebody who can finish or, you know, I, he's just such a treat to watch. And, and he's one of those players that um, is going to be a big part of this team. And I know there's been a lot of talk about the Devils possibly trading Miles Wood. That's another guy that, you know, if you growing up a Devils fan and they had those, you know, the crash line and all these big forwards and these guys that, you know, they, they played played with an edge, but they could still put the puck in the net. And he's such a pleasure to watch when he's, you know, using his speed and using his body and then scoring goals and the excitement. That's another guy that is just, he's really had a great season, fit really well in Lindy's system. And I just somebody I hope that the Devils hold on to and don't, you know, to give the old Blake Holman treat to, uh, a treatment to just to get some draft picks. I, I, he's still a young kid and I, I think he fits great in New Jersey. Yeah, I, you know, Devils fans too. I mean, this trading deadline will be interesting to see what they sit back. I mean, you guys actually have something to watch for here in terms of seeing who stays and who goes. Yeah. And you know it's 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 a turning point for this franchise. You know, um, do do you think I don't know how it works 
you know, Steve-O, and forgive me on this as far as PK's contract in here, but could Subban potentially be moved again? Yeah, I think the only way you'd see him moved is if the Devils retain half that salary. Gotcha. Okay, I think, yeah. I think the plan would be to keep him and then maybe expose him in the expansion draft um, and see if maybe Seattle takes a uh, a crack at him. But um, <laughs> Ooh, you, but, uh, you, who's a smart guy over there? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see them. I, I think he enjoys his role in New Jersey right now. I think he's fitting in well, and I, I think that, you know, he, he hasn't been someone that I think they would be interested in moving. I think you're going to look at a guy like Kulikov or Ryan Murray or Sammy Vatnin, Kyle Palmieri. Those are the names. Travis Zajac. These guys who are on these vets on expiring contracts. Um, you know, he's still PK still got some term left. So uh, Devils have a lot of parts they could move out. And there's a lot of really exciting kids in the system that they'd want to, you know, give some ice time to. So the next couple of weeks will be. Uh, kind of a roller coaster, I think, in, in terms of uh, the NHL. You know, Nashville was supposed to be that team that was going to help feed the contenders, but they've worked their way back into it. So now it, it seems like New Jersey is going to be the focal point of trying to of teams trying to um, you know capitalize on them selling players off, and it actually could drive the price up of some of these players. So who knows? It could be fun. Not a bad place to be in, as they used to say in the Sopranos. Good things in Jersey. Good things going on there. All right, pal. Let's uh, head on out. <laughs> let's head on out to uh, your home state, there, Cali. Some West Coast hockey. This Western Division thing. Um, I mean, look, the Kings and the Sharks last night just causing trouble uh, for the Knights yeah. in the Wild. Uh, you gotta love that. Who knows? I mean, we talk about the top three, the top four up there in the division. Um, Abs there. I mean, Grubauer's just playing fantastic. I mean, the, you you got a taste of it. The other, I know it's the Coyotes, but we we talked about the Coyotes were kind of all the, with everything they've been through. They've kind of held their own a little bit, and then the Abs yeah. go out and blow them out of the water the other night with nine goals. Uh, Grubauer's right. really turning into a solid. They've got all that firepower. In Colorado, and then, like I said, you you see Vegas and and Minnesota here, and we talked about St. Louis and that 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 fourth spot there. And if the Kings and the Sharks and China just they're going to make it fun. You, there's no doubt about it. Um, but man, just um, you know, I don't think there's anybody really ready yet to run away with the division. Maybe the Avs are poised to do it, and and you would think with um, you know, all the talent, and if they can stay healthy, the key word here is staying healthy the rest of the way. But from the net out, the Avs look pretty good. They've got the firepower. What's going on in the middle of the the pack there for the for the Avalanche as far as defensively? It got a couple of studs there, but man, offensively and the Nets, they seem to be kind of solid. Talk about the Avs defense okay, yeah. here a little bit. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously they've got uh Makar, who's a, an absolute stud. Bone Byram, he's been in and out with injuries, but when he's in the lineup, he he's a young kid who plays with with a you know chip on his shoulder and then you know, they, they absolutely got a gem when they got Devon Taves from the Islanders. The Islanders, you know, haven't really missed him, but he's fit in so well um, with that Avalanche team. Um, so you're, you're just seeing, like, everyone's everyone's got a, a clearly defined role, and they're all starting to play it to a team. And, and you mentioned it. The key for this team is their health. If these guys can stay healthy uh, for any consistent amount of time and go into the playoffs with, you know, reasonably healthy, they are going to be as dangerous as we all thought they were going, you know, to be in the preseason picks. Um, just such a tre uh, pleasure to watch. The goaltending has been huge. Miko Rantanen's putting the puck in the net. You got Landis Gaga scoring. Obviously you got Nathan McKinnon. 
Um, just so much up and down this lineup, really no weak spots. Um, you know, Nassim Kadri, they've just got a little bit of everything. Uh, a team built for a long playoff run and, and a, a crack at that Stanley Cup. Um, yeah. You know, v- go, ahead. go ahead. No, just on, on all, all the stuff you're, t- you're talking about there, um, you know, we they're obviously the Avs are known for obviously coming to the league, the, into the league in the 90s, and then all those huge names, Sackick and Forsberg and Foot and Lawan and Lemieux, and you can go on and on and on about. They had a great mix of not only young talent, obviously from from the draft picks there when they were in Quebec, and then bringing in the stars and, and building that thing. And, you know, a guy like Crawford, too, at the time, you know, not really a well-known coach. I think he made his name coaching the Avalanche to their to their championship there. and, and um, yeah. But, you know, you look at uh, Bednar there, and the names on this lineup, they're stars, man. They're developing at yeah. the stars. They're they're young, you know. There's a good mix there, but it's primarily a young relationship. And then you got this guy Grubauer, you know, making yeah. a name for himself here. Um, and and it, and that has been their Achilles heel. Is their they've been injury prone, but man, they've mm-hmm. they've got such a great makeup of where you know stars, studs, talent, young coach, everything else, where they could probably dominate. Um. You know, I know the divisions are going to realign again. Obviously, when we get back to normal here, but um, you know, the, the whole Western, Central Western, you know, going, you know, from you know middle of the country to, you know, California where you guys are. I mean, they could really dominate, and you got Vegas in there too, and Minnesota kind of showing some signs here. I mean, it's in good shape. We talk about you know the fun stuff here on the East Coast here at the Rains Island and the Devils, but that's a really exciting team in a great city, a great sports city. Uh, in Colorado, and, and you know, I know you had some more to say about them, but I just want to kind of throw that in there in terms of the good mix of stars, young guys, young coach, kind of similar to what they they broke out in in the nineties there. Yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, they they are you know they are so young. They have the potential to to be one of those dynastic teams if they can kind of keep it all together. And it's a little harder in the salary cap age, but. Um, just the way that they're playing right now is just such a complete game. I mean, they, you know, they, they really took it to Vegas when they played them. Uh, Vegas, you know, won one of the games, but they won it overtime, um, which kind of is kind of their thing now, but uh, they just completely dismantled Arizona last night. Game got a little chippy, even, you know, the stars were showing a little bit of fight there, the helmet toss. And there's just something about this team right now that that really feels like they're ramping up for for a magical magical run, similar to what we saw with Tampa Bay last year. Um, just a just a pleasure to watch. Just really fun, and and you know they they made a little adjustment to their uniforms, and maybe that has something to do with, with it too. You know, adding a little them. more blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love their colors, man. I love the third jersey. I love everything. And you know, I used to I lived in Colorado the year that they came there and won the cup. Wow. So I've got this real you know, unique kind of touch with that, uh, you know, with that team in that city. It was amazing, you know. I mean, yeah. they they had they had the, the, the Denver Grizzlies, which Butch Goring was coaching at the time, playing in McNichols uh, uh, Arena wow. there in the uh, the AHL, right? And mm-hmm. then that whole thing happens, and they come in there, and, you know, I'm a guy from New York and all the stuff that we, the Rangers had played Quebec in, in the playoffs there, like the year before. Remember the the it was the the strike or the lockout yes. season. Remember that. Yep. So yep. all those you know, I'm there in Colorado and I was talking to all the Colorado natives. I'm like, you have no idea the juggernaut that you guys just picked up, right? 
And sure enough, they go on that run, and Wah comes they have in, and series with amazing. the Red Wings. So it's, oh, oh, it's just crazy. It was unbelievable. I was like, I'm, I'm pinching myself. I'm, this was amazing, you know, because I, that was one thing I was bummed when I moved out there. I was a young guy; I was 25 years old. I was just kind of just traveling, and I give it a shot. I had a buddy of mine living there, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. They got the Grizzlies, you know, get to watch some yeah. hockey, and then boom, it's like the. Colorado, you know, the Quebec Nordiques are becoming the Colorado. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I remember going to Ranger games. It was phenomenal. It was a great time. Anyway, um, as far I, as the uh, the other teams here in the division, we've talked about on the show here, too, a couple of last things I want to um, touch on before I let you go there, Steve-O. Um, the exhaustion, the scheduling, uh, watching Vegas last night a little bit. Um, you know, look, great, great team up and down. You know, DeBoer's got to, he's got to, you know, you, you look at, how this team may or may not end up here. You know, this franchise is amazing. It's only been in the league here a few years. Uh, Stanley Cup run, conference finals, um, you know, Gallant and now DeBoer. You know, it's it's all there, uh, flurrying the net, all the talent up and down here. Um, I wonder, and I guess, look, it doesn't matter, right, Steve-O? No matter how these playoffs, if it ends up Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, and St. Louis, those those. The playoffs are going to be amazing. And if any of the other teams get in there on that, if it's the Coyotes or the Kings or the Sharks, you know you're going to have some talent there and some stars. And stuff. I, I would probably lean more to – I'd love to see the Kings sneak in there if the Blues were to tail off. That would be my team to maybe hopefully mix it up there as far as those other top three teams. But um, just maybe talk a little bit of uh, where you see the Knights these last few weeks, whether they might make a move – uh, trade-wise or, um, you know, just anything that maybe you can kind of hone in. And if, if we're calling the Avs the team to beat, what should Vegas have to do or not do? You know, it's a good question. They, you know, they just getting uh, Pitarangelo back, and that's like an acquisition in itself. He's been out injured, so he's he's coming back. So I think that's going to make a big difference for them. I I think they still got the, the two-headed dragon between the pipes with uh, Laner and, and Fleury. Um, you know, they – they're a team, since they've come into the league, they've been, every trade deadline, every offseason, they're always active. So I imagine if there's a, something that they can do to to shore up their team depth-wise, uh, they're going to make that move. Um, they're going to do whatever they can to put themselves in position to win because despite their young age, you know, they went all the way to the cup final that first season, and this team wants to win the Stanley Cup now. So I think it's going to be full court press to do whatever they can to to solidify them themselves um, going into the postseason. Uh, I I did want to mention uh, you talked about the Kings being the team that you know you thought you know would be could make some noise if they slipped into the fourth spot. And I was gonna I was gonna bring that up too because you know we talked about St. Louis's schedule um, coming down the stretch and how you know it's basically Vegas or Colorado every other night uh, and it's going to be a tough one for them and the Kings. Um, out of all those teams that are kind of battling for that final fourth spot, they, they're the team that's the most um, solid between the pipes. Cal, uh, Cal Peterson is a stud. And then you got mm-hmm. now Jonathan Quick is his backup, who's, you know, a two-time Stanley Cup winner. Which is a very um, weird thing were... for, to hear anybody say. Right. Jonathan <laughs> Quick is a backup. <laughs> right. So um, they're a team that could – I don't know if they could win a series, but they they could get in there and definitely, you know, they, they picked up Lemieux from um, the Rangers to add a little bit of grit. Um, they could be a team that, you know, they're obviously a team that thinks they can make the playoffs and they, you know, they might be somebody who could win a couple games and put a little scare into a team. One of those top teams, should they get in? I think more so than any of the other teams, San Jose still has the goaltending problems. 
who knows what's going on with Arizona. They're so inconsistent. And then St. Louis is just in a complete nosedive right now. Yeah, it's and look, you can't count them out. There's no doubt about it. Um, no. You know, but, you know, you, the, the thing that gets me back to the Kings, you know, just what you're saying, the Nets, no doubt about it. But, I mean, you guys got, you know, the talent and the experience up front, you know, Kopitar and Carter and, and Brown. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. and, and, and all that stuff. And McClellan's a great coach, you know. So, I mean, um, I, I'm I'm quietly rooting for them to get in there. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you got the top three teams up there in the top of the division. And no disrespect to St. Louis, and they're definitely not out of it in any way. But, you know, the way this season is going, it's a short season. You you can look at the other divisions and see how these playoff matches matchups are going to line up. And, right. you know, sometimes you just you want as many of the big stars that you can get in there. Not that St. Louis doesn't have them so much, but, you know, it's, it's just L.A., the Kings, and uh, it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to see if they get in there because I think they, too, if they can stay healthy and if they get into a series – they could cause trouble, the Kings. And they've done that in the past. I know under a different coach, but they have done that late season surge. And a lot of the guys who did that a few years ago are still on this They're team. still there. Exactly. And they can use that as a motivating factor for these these young kids. And some of these kids coming in, they don't know any better. They, they, they come from successful hockey backgrounds. They've done a lot of winning in their past. So it's only natural to you know have that carry over in, into the NHL when you've got you come into a culture of success like the Kings have had recently. So who knows? They could be a really, really fun, fun team to get behind uh, down the stretch here. Yeah. And, you know, the Rangers are helping them out. They Not gave that I would want to tell anyone. Like, What's that? Yeah. Hey, that was, what was up with that? I, I, um, I did not see that coming. I thought Lemieux, you know, fit him pretty well in New York, but I guess he must not have, uh, you know, no, what I was going to joke future. about, not only Lemieux going out to you guys, but Anderson last night being called up and scoring a goal, too. I thought, you know, Leas Anderson, I thought, look, the Rangers are helping these guys out. This is great stuff. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think with Lemieux more than anything, you know, that kind of a player in this league is, you know, I, I love Brandon. I was sorry to see him go. You know, just a good yeah. guy. You know, and the way Quinn runs his bench as far as ice time and everything else um, – and, and with a guy like Kratzoff coming in, uh, that's going to give Quinn a little room to kind of shift things a little bit. You know, and he's got right. Gautier in there, and he's he's got um, Blackwell and, and Rooney. And, um, you know, as far as the team, I mean, pretty much every player on the Rangers is 6-1 and over, which is crazy in terms of size, depth, and um, and all that other stuff. And I don't know how important it is for a guy like Lemieux. So as far as the Rangers and trying to find a more scoring and – Caco and, and, and Lafreniere there and, and trying to figure themselves out. You know, now that the top guys are gunning, you know, Panarin's back. The Rangers, as Panarin goes, that's how the Rangers go, you know? Yeah. The Banajet's putting the puck in the net. Strom is finding everybody. Kreider's um, mm-hmm. always going to be steady. But Nevin is, 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 is finding his way. So all these other guys are just, you know, hopefully they can just continue to add and strengthen the third and fourth lines for the Rangers. Um, their defense is solid. These guys, Foxy and Truba and, and Miller and Lindgren are just playing great. And obviously, Chesty's just got to get steady and stay off the injured list, uh, and, and yeah. he'll be okay. So I think the move to, to send him out, to me, just looks like it's, it's, it's not a necessary part of the Rangers' puzzle right now. And, and hopefully he can get yeah. the Kings out, you know? And I think he will. I think he'll, he'll fit in well there. And, uh, you know, if it helps both teams, 
kudos to the GMs for making that happen now. Yes, they're trying to make us happy, Steve, and that's really all. That's right. right. It's all about me and you, right? <laughs> Steve, oh, you're the best as always. Appreciate your time. Great talking devs and West Coast hockey as always. Look, man, enjoy the Yankees. Uh, we'll, maybe both of us will get off here and find out what the score is, but uh, enjoy the rest of the opening day and uh, have a great, safe weekend, brother, and we'll catch up next week as this uh, uh, season rolls on, brother. Take care, man. Thanks, Steve-O. Steve Palumbo, ladies and gentlemen, as always, giving his take on the Western Division and those pesky New Jersey Devils. All right. And that's a wrap today for this edition of That Hockey Show. Week 11 in the books. Thanks to everybody for uh, subscribing, sharing, listening. And as always, my line mates, Mr. Joe Yurden, Mr. Tab Bamford, Mr. Costa Papulias, and, of course, Mr. Steve Balumbo. And thanks to you guys. Make sure you follow us everywhere. Get everybody else's links at That Hockey Show. And for yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy this next week of hockey. We'll be back here next week as the uh, playoff race tightens up. All right? So keep your head up. That Hockey Show is out. Take care.